Yo, happy Aloha Friday. Welcome to the Explicit Aloha Podcast, Season 2, Episode Number 4. And this thing is getting better and better each week, I tell you, man. We're out on the road, and we're halfway through this tour, and we are honored and so pleased to be sharing the stage every night with my guest today. Uh, please welcome Kez Namdi. Yes, yes, Zion, we're there, man. We give Brother, thanks. It's we good to have thanks. you, man. Definitely. I've been planning this. <laughs> I told you I was hoping for it. You're like, no, 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 no. I was like, okay, I was planning this for months. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, man. Um, um, honored to have you, Ba. And uh, we just so I just want to talk story a little bit um, for the listeners right now. We're coming at you pretty much live and direct because we're in the green room. We got the boys in the band. Yeah. Got them all cruising. Yeah. Respect. Yeah, we got yeah. the tour crew. So um, I thought it'd be fun to just do this in the green room and just no talk story. No pun intended. Yeah, the green room. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it capitalizes it in my phone <laughs> when I texted you. Yeah. But yeah, man, we're honored to be on this on this tour with you guys because um, I kind of, I guess I'll start with this. Um, we, you know, playing reggae and going out on the road, we've we've been really lucky to get to play with artists that we admire and that we listen to and we respect. And in Hawaii, reggae is huge. It's on the radio. It's always mm -hmm. been. And, and it's not just one type of reggae. There's, you know, as far as location, it's from, it's Hawaiian reggae. There's, you know, New Zealand, like Polynesian reggae has its own subgenres, but you know, from U S mainland, Cali mm -hmm. reggae, mm -hmm. East coast, mm -hmm. Jamaican, English, Virgin Islands, like all that stuff is in Hawaii, like and listen to. But the green, especially, we gravitate towards the more Jamaican, the more traditional, mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. roots, mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. dance hall. Also, the you know we're huge Oswald fans, you know the English yeah, yeah. and Virgin Islands. That's why I said them too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you know everything, and um, so when we get to share the stage with with you, it's weird for us almost. You know, like we've been, we've been talking on the bus, like when we, we when we have to play after you guys you know it's always no it's always a little bit rough because not not in like a not in a weird way because it, it makes everything better and it's mm -hmm. that's this is what we're about having guys mm -hmm. like you on the tour mm -hmm. is like really what the green is about and it completes the whole thing but um you know it's like we're we get uncomfortable open up for an artist who's so successful and so experienced and um you know in a genre that is not from where we're from mm -hmm. you know we're hawaiians out here um mixed hawaiians mm -hmm. out here playing playing reggae music mm -hmm. and you guys are from jamaica you know lived it breathed it and i and i definitely want to talk about your family and your upbringing because it's it's pretty amazing and interesting yeah i feel um reggae music is a very unique genre because it's one of the only genres really that you can go to every place in the world and find a subgenre of it yeah. everywhere else. You know what I mean? So you have right. the African reggae, the Europe reggae, the American reggae, the island reggae. It's like, right, right. I, I've never seen jazz do that. I've never seen R&B. And, mm -hmm. you know, so just touching on that, that, that's a very special thing because I think we're reaching a point now where reggae music is actually, I predict, is going to be pop music very soon in terms of mainstream yeah. And when that's going to happen, in my eyes, I got this vision when I was at Reggae Rise Up. And I was just like, yo, you imagine if we're able to join the reggae music now. So join the music where mm. you hear from the Europe, like the Alba Roses and the Gentlemen's them, and then obviously yeah. the Caribbean, the Africans, mm -hmm. the Burner Boys and the Whiz Kids, and then you have the Greens and the Fijis and the <laughs> next youth. What name? Maoli. Um, Ma, yeah, Maoli. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, you, Maui, they, yeah. and then you have um, Stick Figure and you have Revolution and right, these right. great bands. When that scene unify, is going to be the day where reggae music is the biggest music in the world, and it's happening slowly but surely, and it's very exciting, you know. And and even furthermore, to touch on Island music uh, the first time i went to hawaii is when you guys invited us to do the album launch thing that you yeah, were doing yeah, for the, yep. uh, the album and that's right that's right i got nice man. i got a moment to sit down with fiji you know and mm. he's the he's the godfather he's the godfather there, the whole thing yeah. and <laughs> you know he him followed over to the hotel and we're just sitting there for like three four hours and he was just telling me the history of hawaii and 
how much their culture has been exploited over the years and yeah, yeah. and it makes a lot of sense to me now why the the music from Hawaii and the islands sounds so good because mm. reggae music was born out a struggle you know what yeah. I mean and and no wonder when you sing it, sing with pain. When you hear the harmonies, you hear the pain in other harmonies. And when you sing love song, you feel love. And you can understand why, because the culture of Hawaii is so rich. You know what I mean? Like when you yeah. really see the culture. That's why America have to take so much of their money for make sure they pay on every mm-hmm. year to every individual because they know the guilt and, the, and over the years and the the the... the the injustice what them do to that island over the years, you know mm-hmm. me, the island. So you can understand why the roots music so special in Hawaii. I always tell my band members and even before before me even know what the green was or even what Fiji was like, I knew Hawaiian music, I knew island music and I, I never knew it by name, but mm-hmm. I always had uh, admiration for it because when you take the when you take the root and the simplicity very seriously and you can hear it in yeah. the greens music you know and you. just for respond to what you were saying bro like it's an honor being on the road with only like the first time when me link up with igor the first thing we tell igor yo igor yeah <laughs> green link green a green me you want me yeah. want side up with because green uh, thank you man like uno 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 take the music to a different level and and it's very important that um we are no matter what island people are already at a disadvantage mm-hmm. you know what i mean there's no yeah. real industry for our music really it's not like hip-hop music where um you have platforms like ebro or zane low or apple we don't really have those platforms so it's like we're already entering the music scene at a disadvantage so when we're able to unify and forward when you have the green from Hawaiian and from Jamaica is it's so important for the culture and the global culture of reggae music that what like this this tour yeah, to me more important than we even know it we're not going to know till probably 10 years from now how important this was this was the grassroots and the building stages of as what i was saying unifying the global scene of reggae music you know yeah, man. I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt you at all, cause, um, but <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's beautiful. You blew my mind though saying that, cause, you know, coming from Hawaii too, and we we do see ourselves as a little bit of outsiders. Yeah. Um, but. No, man, you, it's outsiders, not, bro. But it is, it is, bro. Because right? uno, remember saying uno uno come from a total different cultural background, you know, bro. And yeah, yeah. and and it's it is, bro. It is what it is, you know. And yeah. and they've been, we've been, they've been. There's been bands that have been great to us, you know. Um, that have that are from, you know, the U.S. mainland and all over the world. You know, I'm not saying that there's like anything, you know. I'm not saying anything negative or anything like that. It's just, it's not a negative thing. It's just that, um, no, it's not you know, a negative thing. It's just, yeah, you kind of feel, um, it's just different. But then you, but then you know, when we go home to Hawaii, it's um, it's it's smashing. You know, it's like it's it's raging. You didn't get to experience it because it was COVID and people couldn't dance. Yeah, <laughs> they're all yeah. sitting down. Yeah, but you know, Portland the other night was a good example yes. of the Hawaii vibes. Yeah, and, man, Portland and, was a different level of show that was why people showed yeah. up that night yeah. yeah yeah man so um but i the the prediction though you know that's a beautiful thing man and when you really think about what you just said it's like it that's really what it would take because it have to be it that feels like there's you know there's so many um uns, unsaid battles sort of going on out there um definitely sort of competition which is good but not when you not think about reggae music you know like it is the most commercial music in my eyes because it it gets the least spent. You know what I mean? When you think about budgets that like Lil Baby mm-hmm. has or yeah, Cardi yeah. B, like we're talking about millions of dollars. You know what I mean? Being spent like millions and trillions yeah. and it still don't reach the top 20. And then you have a little reggae song where you just create upon a little rock in a little island or somewhere in somebody's little garage or whatever and yeah. it get released and all of a sudden now you have a band like Revolution. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A little, yeah. Some just little youths with a little dream where yeah. it's the outcast of reggae music because they're Americans. And here, and look yeah. how big and massive they are now. Yeah. And it just show you how commercial mm-hmm. reggae music is because 
I'm, I'm guaranteed that took very little spend compared to what other people are spending right. in on marketing budgets and, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. You know what I mean? Sure. So the, the, the placements, the royalties, the sinks and, yeah, and stuff all too. of that stuff. So yeah, yeah. You imagine the day when that day they happen, when that scene they just unifying it's happening and it's very exciting <laughs> i wish i wish this was video so you guys could see the look in his eye man you're an inspirational guy bro uh, and you can feel it on stage on the tour like all every time we've been around you there's always been a vibe bro like a dope vibe and you're, and watching you guys band thank you man we're just we're just family out here trying to trying to jam but um you know so your your background especially yeah you grew up in a house with with your parents' studio in the house, right? Yeah, And they yeah. recorded all their albums in the house? Yeah, so... And they were one of the biggest reggae bands and... Uh, not the maybe biggest. Maybe not the biggest, but, I mean, just going for a long time and... Yeah, I think we grew up in a time when um, studios wasn't really the main... Like, to have a studio in your house was like... It's not like nowhere you can just get an M-Box or a, or a um, Apollo. Like yeah, and just yeah. it, it costs like, like like this like this setup, setup that we right have here. here. Yeah. It's Take not like like ten years ago, bro. To be in a studio, you had to be extremely talented. You had to be, you know what I mean. And somehow my parents figured out how to get a studio with 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 a tape machine and everything because yeah. they were recording everything on tape. And you know, I wasn't really interested in music like that. I, I I was interested in it just because it was there. So like. When my parents would rehearse downstairs in the basement, <laughs> I would be playing with the drums because the drummer is late, or I'd be playing the, or the bass or the keyboards. So I would be always noodling and so like your toys, yeah, yeah as a just kid. fidgeting in between time, you know. So because of that, naturally, that obviously nurtured some kind of music talent yeah. out of me from a natural, from an early stage. But it wasn't yeah. something that I was aware of because my sing, my sisters could actually sing. Right, I right. couldn't sing in those days. Oh, like, really? Like you didn't know yet. I didn't like, know that yeah, I could yeah, sing, yeah, you know. Yeah, and yeah. it's not until I reached like about, you know, I started doing a lot of writing. You know, I remember that's like raps, like actual hip hop rap rapping. Like I remember in my English notebook yeah. writing lyrics, and that's how oh, yeah. I fell in love with music. It was about the lyrical content first. Were you were you writing lyrics because you wanted to? rap them like you in maybe in the back of your head you thought you were gonna perform it one day or were you just writing to no, like get some actually, some stuff out and write you know? there was this youth in school there was a crew in my high school called d zone d zone danger zone danger you know? zone and there was danger. this youth who called elgin you know this is when i was living in africa and i was like about 12 or 13 and uh, i remember coming tanzania in, yeah tanzania and I remember going into a classroom and there was this big freestyle battle. And I was like in seventh, eighth grade at the time. And these were like seniors. No way. And I was That's blown dope. away because this, yeah. this person was like freestyling um, about the chair, the, the chart. Like he was using oh, his environment yeah, yeah, yeah. To, 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 <laughs> to kill this other person in a battle. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And it blew my mind away and the whole classroom went crazy. You know how high schoolers get on. Oh, yeah, man. At that day... I was like, yo, I need to do that, you know? So I remember after the whole battle, yeah. I went up to him and I'm like, yo, Elgin, I want to do what you do. And he would just say, you need to start writing. And that's when mm. I really started to do it. I was writing, I filling up notebooks. I still have some of these notebooks, filling up notebooks of lyrics. Really? But then my father wow. and my mother, they're musicians. Right. You know, they're right. melodically driven and feeling driven. It's not lyrically driven. And... So my father wasn't really interested in the hip hop lyrical buckle and clash. Like he he didn't he, not that he thought it was a joke, but he, he, my father's a revolutionary. So it's we like, were listening to some Chakula. Yeah, yeah, we were listening to some of that stuff, and can definitely tell that he's he's old school and the content of what Ex he's talking about is is from the struggle and from the the roots. Like so, said, so my father wouldn't allow me in the studio unless I knew an instrument, you know. So. Oh, then okay, no, yeah, that's so. when he started to say, "Yo, you need to learn an instrument if you really want to do music." And mm. he, he <laughs> showed me his guitar and he showed me um, E minor, I think was it E minor and A, right? And and those two chords I started to just play together. And that's when the guitar is nice. what really kind of brought melodies out of me oh, because okay. now you're strumming strings and that's right. You're, so guitar is your first instrument, yeah. my man. Yeah, that's so right. <laughs> guitar would be the only instrument the okay, other okay, ones okay, okay. i know fundamentally because i produce 
So yeah, naturally, yeah. you know, if you have the keyboard and the grids, you, like once you understand like how chords work and the basic knowledge yeah. of it, you can you make can, a beat. You, you can, can make, make anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can play anything. You know? Like you're saying, like nowadays, you, you can sit here and just make a whole yeah. album exactly. from beginning to end before you needed a, a whole house, yeah. a whole room. And but yeah, yeah, that's how kind of music, music was really a slow thing for me. Like I never really started to really make good music till i was like 21 years old 20 years old like when i really mm. started to hear like songs that and see how people react to it like during my whole right. teenage it was a hard fight for me because i actually had to work on bringing out the talent that i have in me you know yeah yeah after that that moment and when you started writing and then as you got into before your 20s did you have bands like high school bands or groups with your friends and stuff you know? well um in high school it was my parents bands so like oh, whenever yeah. they had shows i know <laughs> yeah. when i started to Family do like um <laughs> like when i was like 18 17 and my, my parents were like touring and doing stuff i would like you do come like a, come out and do a one song with them yeah. and that was like my first introduction to like band arrangements and and stuff but when i got to um when i actually um went back to jamaica that's when I kind of met up with my bands. I know, I know we started to like create what we are making now, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, you segued into what I wanted to ask you. How did, so you met these guys when you came back just in the scene or was it yeah. friends of friends so or did you know any of the boys in the band? Cause shout out and respect to all the boys in the band there. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, all of these youths, I know for them for like 10 years, you know? 10 years we've been playing music together. Like Dada, the drum and bass, Dada, 10 Dada, drums, right? Lance yeah, bass. Been playing with them since I can remember, you know? Yeah. And Jay on guitar? Jones, Jones on, guitar on guitar and Scooby on keys. And, Scooby on keys, and then yeah. we've played with other people like Jordan. Um, mm. We've played with um, Corey, Riff Raff, all these great talented musicians. But yeah. at the time, I was in college at St. Mary's College of California. Yeah, yeah, right. And in my first, then, but I was, re, I was a, a back and forth a lot between Jamaica and, and Cali because I was going to school. And there was like a very interesting scene that was happening in Jamaica at that time where you had like the likes of Chronics, you had the likes of mm. Protege, Kabaka Pyramid, yeah, um, yeah. Jan 9, Micah Shemaya, Kelly Saw, Jesse Raya, the name, and these were all just youths in their respective backgrounds that we didn't even know each other yet and obviously being on the same mission and the same kind of yeah. vibe it brought us to one space like up at skyline levels or up at um jamnesia with billy mystic and them and that that scene was happening so i was always wanted to come to jamaica because the, the, the and this is when before the whole term was dubbed the reggae revival and all of yeah. these things that the media kind of took mm -hmm. but before that it was just some youths jamming together and right at that time you now every youth did uh, get a band chronics getting band proto having band yeah. and so at that time you now me i say yo oh, we need my band now yeah, you know yeah. and then that's <laughs> when i actually reached out to lance who just walked out of the bathroom yeah yeah and i met him <laughs> through chronics's band because i was doing a lot of shows with chronics at the time and nice. his bass player josh i told him i was like yo brother i need a band and he must say yo don't worry bro me know somebody perfect you know and that's when he meet, le, introduced me to lance and then that's kind of how we see, it was me and lance kind of just formulating the whole band idea and, i see yeah i see yeah. yeah, Lance was the first guy I met when, on the yeah. first day of this tour. Yeah. He led us into the uh, Brooklyn Bowl. Okay. <laughs> the door was locked. <laughs> he opened it. I was like, oh, I was like, hey, man. <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah, they're, they're great. Uh, unreal. Yeah. Um, we love watching you guys jam. And yeah. So, Skyline Levels is a studio? It's a, it's a complex. Skyline it's Drive is the, is the Skyline street? Drive is the street right. and Skyline Levels is the complex and, oh. and it's just a it's a vision that my parents had that like took years years to build because we're financing it ourselves you know and it's like we literally built that place block by block and wow, you know respect, and, brother, and it started out with a little room that's beautiful and then we're expanding it I know it's a rehearsal space but it's like it's a, it's a space that my parents wanted to create where you come and get conscious vibes, vibrations. You can come mm. and get a cultural place in Jamaica because in Jamaica, the dancehall scene is so popular right now that mm -hmm. 
there's not really a lot of spaces for roots, cultural music like that in Jamaica. Can you believe, you know? Um, I was surprised yeah. when we went there. An interviewer was talking uh, to Eric from Revolution about okay. that. They were talking yeah. about that, about yeah. dance hall being... They're like they're asking, okay, but well, what about roots reggae? Yeah. Like they're like, what about the conscious stuff? And and we were like, oh, yeah. And then that's kind of why I hold the whole reggae revival thing. But the thing is, I think that life is a cycle, you know. And there's always gonna be a rebirth of something that was created, you know. So so there's gonna be a time now where yeah, for sure when we get older and we become the gray the gray here old old next that no. <laughs> No, there's gonna be a moment where probably the cultural aspect and the conscious aspect is not gonna be as popular. And then no, there's gonna be some youths that did love what we were doing. They're gonna follow in our footsteps, just like how yeah. we followed in the Marley's footsteps or in the Dennis Brown footsteps. When we look up to them, we want to be like them, and it's the same way the youths them are gonna grow up. So yeah. there's always a cycle, you know, in in things. Time, you know? Yeah. Time, time will tell, right? Like, and I think about that on this tour too, because our fans, if they don't know you, if they know you, mm. they're stoked. Yeah, they're like, yeah, sick, <laughs> because the show is great. Yeah. But uh, if they don't, and they're our fans, and they see you, if they're our fans, they're stoked on you guys. <laughs> yeah. You know, if they're real fans yeah. of us, they get a little bit of it all. But they become new fans of you guys, and we're playing like all new songs almost on our new That's album. Good. So they're kind of like listening for the first time. They're they're rocking out to the ones they know, but we're not playing a lot of the ones that we that's that they good. know. But so for for a lot of people, this tour, like you said, is sort of like and we were talking about this on the bus. Yeah. And it was like, watch, I like I like this set that we're doing because people are in a year from now, they're gonna be like, Bro, we saw them play all these songs, you know? And we saw Kez Namdi and we didn't even know him and he's like, <laughs> this, like you're gonna blow up, you know. It's just the it's the beginning of all this stuff. I mean, yeah. you kind of, I don't already have. But <laughs> it's um, you know, so we're like we're like I said, I'm thankful that. No, it's it's that, definitely a nice basket of fruits. Like this tour, like trust <laughs> me, I I and, and I'm I'm the kind of person who uh, nice basket of fruits that's going on the timestamp <laughs> on uh <laughs> on the post. You know, and I feel like you know I'm the kind of person I go out there every night, you know, and 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 I go sit in and I watch and cuz I like to see I like to see how people respond to music. It's one of like my best like even when I'm playing some of my new music to people, I pretend like I'm not watching them, but mm-hmm. I'm really looking at them in at the corner of eye to see cuz they don't know what they're feeling, you know. They don't know what they're feeling. And then there's a lot of thing in, things in music that is not at the forefront. So there's certain things that, like a pad that you play in your, right. in, at the ending, like they, they, they ain't hearing it, but they're feeling it. Right, right. And I like to see how they react to certain things. So when I'm watching you guys perform and, and know that you're saying what you're saying, that's beautiful that, that you're, you're performing such a new set because now you see it, it your, take your reactions out make sense. <laughs> and, and it takes you out of your comfort zone. Yeah, because yeah. you know a lot of artists Which that, is fun, is that I know they perform the same set every single year like and they probably change like maybe one song if you're lucky mm-hmm. and they perform the same intro the same thing the same yeah. so to now hearing that that's nice because like I think that's what keep fans coming back you know is that that, that moment I of so of um of something new you know what I mean like that so that feeling it's almost like them watching a new green again you know what i mean it's not the same yeah. green it's yeah. like a new artist again exactly you know what i mean and, and that's what we want to bring them it's exactly. like they've seen us already yeah we come we come to all these these states all the exactly. time you know or at least we used to but yeah. <laughs> now we are again thankfully yeah. Yeah. but yeah man no it's, it's it's a great thing um the tour is the tour is a blast and getting to know you guys has been has been cool you guys crew shout out to all the boys in the crew yeah, too man. Was it Biggs, T, Chip? Yeah, man, and shout out to the everybody. whole green crew to Merch. like, yo, we've toured with a couple of people and I'm, I'm telling you, bro, this is the best tour we've been on in terms of just, it's just an island vibes, you know, just everything, just everybody's yeah. so chill and everything going so perfect, same way. Like, it, it doesn't have know. to be this uptight suit and tie approach to music. It can still be like, yo, bro, music we are play, we are live with dream, you know what I mean? So, 
for knowing that we can get together and still perform exactly at the same time every night and <laughs> sound check runs smooth and yeah, yeah. and and we finish on time we don't go over curfew all of this and and everything yeah. running so um on point and it just so these chill are, these are good points you're making that mean a lot to people on the road if you guys don't understand Trust this this me. is huge stuff like all those if you don't make those call times you're late or yeah. people there's like so many people that gotta wait and a lot of i mean people get upset you know yeah. we try and be as flexible as possible nah, and try bro. and just be cool um you know we love but, the vibration and it just yeah, make man, it make the music play nicer and then you know see I mean? it, yeah and that's the cherry on top right when yeah. you when all i guess now actually all this sort of is kind of the extra but when mm. everything is running smoothly and and even when the stuff doesn't run smooth because it never is no, perfect yeah. tour is hard no mm -hmm. matter what like mm -hmm. honestly yeah there's all kinds of ups and downs but it's just dealing with it it makes it easier that i think that's why we approach it that way because it's hard it's hard enough to leave your family it's hard enough to be out here you know crammed in a bus with your family still the boys of the family and it's whoever's in your easy, team man. but it's hard yeah when so. you're there with 10 ugly man beside you in you know, the bus you know <laughs> stinks I mean? in the in bunk <laughs> you, alley you see what man? i'm saying yeah stinks. you know <laughs> so it's not an easy thing but um as i says like yeah. i think the most important thing on tour to me is moral like the moral has to the moral that's why you said the word right the moral like the the energy the the the, the mental space of everybody you know as i said like it's not a, it doesn't feel like a oh, suit yeah, and tie thing it's like everybody's moral it has to be in a positive space mm, because right, right, right. we're playing music you know what i mean like even sometimes like if we get in a little argument on the bus with the banner crew i always try for level it up because at the end of the day is that we're playing music and it have people can pick up on these little small moments in your set if it, if everything is not in a good space mm -hmm. you know what i mean so yeah as i said true. touring with with the green has has been nothing but a green light for us you know what <laughs> i mean where it just smooth and and everything's still professional it doesn't mean that you know, right you know we lapse and with 20 minutes late and none of that we still take we work serious you know yeah what I mean? yeah no yeah but i mean we learned too from just from touring with the with a lot of the the cali reggae bands too I mean, oh them have it to them. a different level and like like to bring up revolution again for the third time yeah. um it's like when we f first toured with them on the mainland and we saw their work ethic and we saw how hard they work and we saw eric's talent and just Marley's energy and the whole band's just what they do to their crowds and stuff. It was just like, wow. If you yeah. if you don't see that and you have a, such a one-sided perspective mm -hmm. of what's really mm -hmm. going on, you know? So And even just the narrative of, let me just even say this to clearly on this podcast, like the narrative of the American bands um, being so successful and where the Jamaican band, where the island, like I don't, me not mess with that narrative there. No, I, I shut that's that the down. opposite of what you're we're trying to say. We shut yeah. down that yeah. right away because yeah. it's a revolution and Eric. Like you imagine if them never exist. Like the, the <laughs> what them do for reggae music in a a very important space in a in a region of exactly. the US. The US is so big. And what they do for reggae music is like I can't put words to when I was on tour with Reb last year. I was telling Eric, Eric was like, you know, he was kind of like saying like he really tries to, you know, incorporate the Jamaica. Me, me tell Eric, me say, Eric, me do even want you to tell me that, bro, because it's not about that. It's not about doing and bringing a Jamaican. It's not about that, bro. What, look what you're doing. Look in the audience, bro. People are feeling good, bro. That's what it come down to. We're on the same team, bro. It don't matter if you come from America, bro. You're in. That's the most beautiful thing that you're inspired by reggae music, bro. And that's what it's about. It's not about whether it come from Jamaica. Cause I really and truly don't even come from Jamaica. It come from Africa. You know what I mean? So sometimes Jamaican to me, uh, being a Jamaican, we focus on the wrong thing and we ooh, they exploit none of that. Me not believe in none of that because I was touring with Eric and Reb myself and I see them and I see them hot. Oh, yeah. I'm a feel them energy and yeah. what them doing for reggae music yeah. is, is, is very important because mm -hmm. they're holding a space where we're talking about thousands of people, every city, anywhere them go showing up for reggae music and yeah. they play, yeah. and it's positive. Exactly. You imagine it's a positive space. We're on the same team. You're playing left wing, I'm playing right wing. The green mm -hmm. playing midfield. 
<laughs> stick figure play defender. Who, we depend on one team attack Babylon because when you look out there, what's yeah. in the mainstream music is like is is is. Alright, let me uh, say this too. There's two type of musicians, or artists, or entertainers. You have one that um, kind of bring you into a fantasy world, like they sing about money that they don't have. They sing about houses that they don't have. Right, they right. sing about a lifestyle that they don't live. You know what I mean? And I remember going through my very rebellious stage in life. I used to look down at that. You know what I mean? And like, why, why them don't speak? But, but in true reality, when you think about it, th that's a form of relief for people too who don't even like when they go to the parties or stuff and they're singing about money. It's like it take them out of them world of poverty for right. a change for, yeah. for that two hours. Yeah. And I actually appreciate it now, right? But then now you have another kind of artist and entertainer that hit it right on the nail and mm. and talk about the yeah. reality and the truth and the consciousness of life and bring that into their music. And those are the two kind of musicians. And there's a lot of money being spent on the musicians that introduce it to the fantasy world, which mm. is no problem, right, but... Right. That's why it's so important yeah. to have the Eric's and the Revolutions and the stick figures mm -hmm. who, who carry in the banner. You know what I mean? In the most profound way. When you talk about professional, as you say, I remember the first couple of days being on that rep tour, I almost felt bad because how they were treating us, it was just like, why them so rough with you? It's not like, you know, it's there because they're so <laughs> on point. But then yeah, when we really... Like militant at first. Yeah, but, and but, but when we really check myself now and yeah. look deep in myself now, them right. Yeah. And they leveled our entire crew up. Now we can do... Exactly. We, we can do a show exactly. now. We can string up our whole sound in 10 minutes. Exactly. And you can go anywhere and you know, anywhere. How, you know how to act. String like, up. Ready. <laughs> check, check. Yeah. Check one, two, we're ready. Exactly. You know, music exactly. time in no time. And, yeah. and, and revolution teach me that. It yeah. wasn't a Jamaican band and there's nothing wrong with that. So I did just want to put some words on that on this podcast because a lot of times I feel like the American bands almost kind of feel guilty in a way because they're so successful at this, at a music where the Jamaicans um, who are dubbed to say they invented this music is not as successful but it no matter it's not about that it's about um people feeling good you see me and yeah. and as i said we're, we're, we're coming to a space now where it's becoming more unified in other words mm -hmm. the green is going on tour with the reb or kez is kez namdi is going on tour with the reb or the green is going on tour with Kez Namdi, vice versa. Mm -hmm. and, and, and now that unity, five years ago, that wasn't really happening. Yeah, that's it, true. It, just think about that's that. True, five man. years ago, that wasn't really happening. Now you have Jesse Ryle on tour with Mike Love or whoever it is it may be. You yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah. and that to me is when we're going to really see the beauty of reggae music. When that, as I said, the, 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 we've been mentioning this in a, a lot in this podcast, the unity of this global genre. Is going to be celebrated by the world very soon, you know. Man, yeah. you you just said so many, <laughs> so much gold, <laughs> and honestly, I I think it's just the the message is just perfect. We, I was thinking about what I wanted to talk to you about, and I knew we just let it flow, and it, mm -hmm. I think I think we pretty much you know <laughs> said it, man. And but like you said in the beginning of the you know to get back to the point though, like reggae music is the only music that everywhere you go in the world. It's it's played by there's yeah, bands, there's young kids starting reggae bands in Come every on, country. Man. Crazy. And um, you know, it ain't like that for jazz, it ain't like that for Hawaiian music. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not like that for any other any other music. It's not like that for dance and music to what was but it's like reggae have That's this, true. This, That's true. this crazy effect on people because there's even though it might not feel like it, there's a lot of people yearning for conscious music. And we can see it. But uh, again, with how mainstream and underground this genre is, you know what I mean? As you say, when you go to a place like Gambia, I don't know, um, like if when Popcorn goes to Gambia, mm. or like the whole country is on shutdown, complete lockdown. When you go to Hawaii, I was there for uh, what, two, two, three days, I think, and 
every time I turn on the radio, reggae music I play. Yeah, yeah. You see me? You go Change to the station, reggae. Reggae again. <laughs> yeah. Who's the, um, what's his name again? Who play on the, the big DJ? What's his name again? Um, we've been breaking a lot of records out there from, big, from big every, core's been doing big it. core yeah that's the name big of core. we went and i sat down with him at the radio station <laughs> yeah, and yeah we had yeah. a way longer talk off air and just hearing mm. the history of this thing yeah man and how much records has been broken in hawaii like the yeah. likes of shaggy the likes of damian marley like the, like some of the oh, biggest yeah. records being broken in this little island where yeah, nobody never did we even, love it man. nobody didn't even it. care about shaggy at the time but when hawaii them start play it every day <laughs> and the whole world love shaggy now because because of what hawaii represent towards this region you know so yeah man reggae man can't stop it yeah it's, it's happening whether you whether you see it or whether you mm -hmm. like it or not <laughs> well brother i i think i think this has been a great one man i just want to <laughs> thank you for being here bro Yo. we have so much love for you guys and we got a couple weeks left on this tour, bro. Um, I did want you to mention 32 bars because it just came out. Yeah, 32 right? bars. Yeah, I love the concept. Um, it's dope. 32 bars now is actually an interlude that we dropped. Yeah. I'm dropping a capsule. I think like, it's cool that you did that, up. man. And, you know, I wanted to drop something that was totally left field, yeah. you know, towards that what people are used to and just actually what we were talking about earlier like you know i started out with the pen you know what i mean so um i wanted to really drop some gems in that song because i feel like within our culture we talk about sufferation a lot you know and we have to careful how we keep talking about sufferation because it's what we live you know what i mean but i feel like jamaican specifically or even just the genre reggae it doesn't really talk about financial literacy a lot mm. you know what i mean yeah yeah like we don't really t like when you th when you think about nobody like nobody talks about that man. yeah but when you think about like hip-hop oh, like yeah, I guess. like little baby and little dirk their entire model of music is about financial literacy <laughs> and it's not until living in the u.s i started to understand it because when i was living in jamaica i used to wonder yo how can they spend 40,000 on a bus down on their hand on a watch you know or whatever and I, I was looking at it the wrong way and it's not that I, I don't feel like it's really obsessed with vanity but it's also a trophy it's like a trophy mm. that you're showing the younger generation that yo bro you need to make money bro you, we need for that's, that's mm. what we're lacking as a community as a, as, a, as a culture as a genre we're lacking finances that's why so that's a way to show like something so it's like they have something to look uh, at yeah, like, hey. exactly that's what they use yeah, that when yeah. you see that big yeah. gold diamond bust on the neck it's showing a youth say yo look i come from right. the same place you come from the ghetto and see they know i have a bust down on my neck now from the hard work and just being and financial literate yeah. and you can too so yeah. 32 bars was kind of the story of self-reliance you know independence you know like i've never signed to any label not that i'm against signing to any label mm -hmm. um but just the struggle and talking about that and trying to give gems to like yo it, it take it take a lot to do anything it doesn't it's not even about being on a music career it's just like anything where you do you have to figure out with the jungle that we live in is the 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 the, the law of our jungle a big law is money you know, and we need to have a good relationship with it. The minute we start to yeah. fight down money, we have, money is a tool. It's like a hammer. It's like a screwdriver. Right. We have to use right. it and we have to know how to for, for, for get woke in that center because mm -hmm. we as the islands, we got the gift of wisdom and spirituality. When you go to Hawaii and you talk with Fiji, you can see the depth in his eyes. Mm -hmm. Same thing when you come and you talk to a Rasta man in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. You see the wisdom and you feel the spirituality of the place. But we never really get the gift of finances so yeah. that's kind of the story of 32 bars and why and it's, it's actually the interlude of a capsule coming out called forever grateful forever and, grateful and it's 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 a lot about finances and emancipating yourself you know yeah yeah 
when is when is uh, Forever Grateful gonna be out? Um, I, Can you say yet? Do you know? Yeah, um, I think after this tour, you know, like we yeah. have the, all the songs are done. Me and Chip is in our other room, probably mixing one of the records, right? Yeah, now. that's what he told me. <laughs> yeah. He said he's gonna be on his headphones. I was like, wow. yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna, I like hear some. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely, you know. And you know, uh, again, I said this to you in soundcheck yesterday. That are no actually in the green room. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> we need to make some more records, bro. That's, yeah. that's where the work is you know it's nice to do tours and yeah. stuff because tours create memories but the real legacy of our genre is in the studio you know and yeah, what we record because mm-hmm. our flesh will die you know but one thing we know the records will always live on like Bob Marley still yeah. is number one on the top reggae charts yeah. Yeah. you know so we have to get recording you know yeah, no, if I agree, man. We have that. We have Blue Skies together. That if you guys haven't heard Blue Skies, yeah. go listen to Blue Skies. It's on our album, Brand New Eyes. When the blue sky turned to grey, more I know, say you're there and you're not left me. Suppose all the fans don't decide for pay. And when you're looking at my bank book, it's close to empty. Will you pack up and gone and choose to end it? If I for the money, then girl, forget me. If I for the love, then it's out within. More I hold you tight and give you a couple of picnic. My ball out, boy, mama. You ain't my life is so proper. Are you alone? I know other blue skies of yeah. the new album. You know, <laughs> make sure you check it out. Kez, man, <laughs> he's been coming up every night doing that song with us. We're on tour right now. If you guys are listening to this and you're out here in the states, come check us out yeah, on, on the tour, man. Um, at Kez Namdi is the Instagram. How about website? Keznamdi.net. Keznamdi.net. Yeah, yeah. Yep, and the green eight hundred eight. And yeah, uh, man. we're in what, Tacoma the, the tonight. 808 is the area code. 808 right? is the area code. Man, yeah. Man, yeah, man, yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. So green, green 808. People yeah. think it's always the 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 beat. The, the, oh, the oh, kick. oh, the 808. Oh, the I kick. never even thought. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. People <laughs> was like, oh, like the kick. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of. Yeah, no, 808. Both, anywhere you want to interpret it. You know? Yeah, whatever helps you remember. Because with this new album that you guys recorded, there's a lot of 808s in there now. Yeah, like more than so the song, especially the one we did. Um, there's three tunes by that same producer who was here last night, Brian. Yeah. Did you get to meet him? No, but he's coming Shit. tonight. N- I don't know. Oh, I'm okay. not sure. He's okay. he's a family man too, so uh, I'm not sure. But I wanted you to meet him. But so yeah. how long you guys been working on this album? This album, probably a couple years. What's up, Biggs? Yeah, um, a couple years. But uh, some of the songs we've had for a little while, you know, reworking and stuff for more than a couple years, but. Um, pretty much since the last one, we've been a, a, a lot of them are new. A lot of them are like. So real what's the new. overall like meaning of this album? I'm I'm mean time now for okay. asking you the question. Oh no. shit! <laughs> yeah, you just flipped it. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, thanks. Uh, the so brand new eyes mm-hmm. is a song, um, mm-hmm. and it ended up being the title track of the album because so much changes and growth has happened in the green in, in mm-hmm. the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, Caleb has had. Um, kids like a daughter. He has a daughter who's you know, you know I think she's five now, okay. five or six. Yeah, and you know he has his his boys and Jordan, our drummer, is like we you know. But with everybody the last, has kids. Everybody now. has kids, but especially in the last the last year or two. Yeah, you know, like yeah. five out of six of us now have kids. When before so it was just it like does, three out of yeah, six. Okay. Um. So that's part of it. Is just the the growth and the change from. 10 years of touring we hit our 10 year anniversary Mad. two years ago and the tour the 10 year tour anniversary uh, or anniversary tour ended and pandemic started like or the lockdown started mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. so it was like february and then boom march covid you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so two years and then now we're back on the road with you guys yeah. but um Mad. yeah it was like that was our 10 year anniversary and you know like I'm the oldest guy in the band. I'm 39 okay. years old. Okay, man. I just made 39 in January. Damn, you're young, brother. You look young. <laughs> I would Bruh. never guess that. <laughs> the, you're kind. See, you can say that because there's no video on this. Thing, man. <laughs> no, man, no, no man. man. Not one gray hair, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Because they're, I don't know, they're coming. No, I, I get, brother. Look closely. They're there. Not too many, though, luckily. But, um, yeah, man. No, it's just like... Um, so, like, how... how I'm always curious to know like how the writing process goes in a band because like you know when mm. my musicians they kind of play for me you know right, what i mean right, and right. A, yeah. lot, a lot of times they bring me like beats or some stuff or i I'm bring sure. to them like but how does it work with we it have a lot of band? that we have a lot of that that kind of stuff happens all the time um where we we bring stuff to each other but it's 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 more of like singers 
bringing it to each other sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But also, Caleb is the lead singer, so mm-hmm. there's stuff I I could write that I cannot sing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna and I'd want Kaika to sing it or Caleb to sing it or even JP to sing it, because mm-hmm. um, we sort of have the same sort of range, but he can go a little bit higher. Yeah. So, you know, we know each other's voices a little, and we we all write, but. It's it's an ebb and flow too. Sometimes guys are just firing and like oh, I got like five new songs mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. and then there's a drought for a little bit. Yeah, and, yeah. But we're lucky because we have so many singers and songwriters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We don't have to. We don't yeah. have to just worry about that. Brah, we're lucky yeah. in that aspect. You know, because the drought writes. is really you have to live life. You know, especially the music that 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 we create, you have to live it. You know what I mean? First, so like a lot of times mm. it's not even a jot, it's more soaking up the experiences so now you can just spill it all out on a record, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, who does like, so like, Caleb does a lot of the writing as well? Caleb does a lot of the writing. It, you know, it used to be whatever song you hear someone sing, they wrote that song. Mm-hmm. It was like that for like okay. the first album or two. Okay. And on the last few albums, it's been a little more collaborative and but Caleb by far writes the most stuff, mm-hmm. sings the most stuff. Mm-hmm. And this album though, JP has a lot. He's mm-hmm. got a he's got a few tracks that he had been working on. Um, I think maybe one of them he had before we started working on the album. But mm-hmm. yeah, he he just had some he had material. Mm-hmm. And um and he Kaika, who so not so much a drought, but more like, you know, I talk about this on the podcast sometimes. Mm-hmm. I've talked about it with Leslie Ludiazo, mm-hmm. our J Boog's drummer, our old drummer. Okay. Um but talking about like like um writer's block how it's mm-hmm. not really you're not it's not that you're not writing anything mm-hmm. you just don't like what you just don't like anything yes, that yes, you're writing yes, you yes. don't want to you know yeah. and you're just like in your head about it and stuff so it's like that but Ikaika on this album too that means like, you're getting better though because it's like you want to scrutiny. You're, 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 you want to you know what you want you know yeah, in your head yeah. you know so Remember, it's, it's not like a bass where when you hit that A note, you're going to get that same exact A note every time. When you hear something in your head and you're trying to sing a lyric, mm-hmm. you really don't know how it's going to translate into reality. So a lot of times when you're in that so-called writer's block and you're trying everything and you're not here, just walk away from music. Just walk away from yeah, it. Yeah. Don't fight it. You know what That's I mean? Because true. I just go practice. But my dad used to tell me that. He's mm-hmm. like, maybe you should put that guitar down for a little bit. <laughs> when I get all frustrated yeah. back in the day, just put it down, son. Yeah. Uh, all right. Go go jump in the water or something. Yeah. <laughs> and that's always the best. But No man, yeah. it's a beautiful album. I listen it from you, track one all the way through. Very honored to be a part of it. Um when I, well, all right, let yeah, me just tell you a you, quick fun fact. When you guys send me that record now, so mm. when, when Igor sent me the, the record and said, yo, the green is doing, like he was telling me that, yo, you know, I was yep, expecting yep. like one of the songs that I played for you when I was telling oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah, like like something more rootsy or rootsy, like Lover's Rock excited, or something Lover's like that. Rock and I was excited. Then <laughs> no, you, I know. <laughs> then, you, then these guys and you're like, what? sent me a verse now with a whole different, <laughs> it was such a hard verse. And I was, at first I'm just like, yo, I don't even know what I'm going to write to this. I don't know how I'm even going to approach this because it's like a complete different the, the arrangement is crazy the yeah. arrangement is yeah. crazy it that's just, brian fennel for you yeah. <laughs> and i'm like whoa this is a challenge and i remember yeah. i wrote one verse for it and i didn't like it mm. and then i think that's when Igor was like yo bro we need a verse you know we need to close and i was like yo I, I i did something but i didn't i don't really like it so then now i went to i went over to the microphone again now and just deleted everything that i had and I kind of sure. just was just singing melodies. And then that's when I got the, boy, mama, you, you know, my life is so proper. And then I put yeah. the little underwater effect kind of cutting yeah. up all of the high end. And then that's when the the idea was birthed. Like, oh. our, that was the, the basis and the foundation of that entire verse. And then now I started to like puzzle it I together. And piece like go it in, in the directions yeah. opposite. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I think, see, yeah. and then I kind of have an idea when people ask me for a feature. I, kind of an idea of what they kind of want from me where that kind of melodical lyrical flow kind of mm-hmm. vibing you know, and I, I really wanted to give that because so i started to go to the drum beat what's the drum beat again um yeah, yeah. yeah you know it, and it just switched up and then at the end of it 
at first I wasn't really feeling it and then now when I finished recording it and I heard it, it in its um zoomed out a little bit in its entirety yeah. I was like yo you know said that Chucky a bad no I love Ooh, it yeah heavy. so so I fought with that record just to let you you know <laughs> it wasn't like a free flow thing like it no, was man. one of those writers we, we didn't send moments. you something so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah no it wasn't the easiest thing to write on I'm sure the thing yeah. is it's, it's, like a, it's like a weird part almost yeah, to, to definitely. write over to be yeah. honest but yeah. yeah, you took it. You took it right where it needed to go. I love when it breaks down after and it gets real mellow and it's yeah. like, then it builds up and stuff. And yeah, so I yeah, think the live arrangement is really cool too. Like I think it, you know, a lot of those kind of records don't really translate well live because, as you say, it's like heavy with eight oh eights and yeah, how do you even yeah. translate that live? You know, and I think we did a really good job with just two sound checks. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's what we're talking about. Like if we actually had time to like sit and have like a rehearsal day or something. Yeah. It would be crazy, man, yeah, what yeah, we could yeah. do with the song. Cause it's, but it's coming together um, naturally. And, I mean, we got it already. We've, it's been crushing every night. Yeah. It's been fun, man. Yeah, man. So, brah, thank you, brother. Yeah, man. And, and again, just to close out and stuff, bro, I, I just want to show and share my gratitude to The Green as a band. It's like an honor touring with you guys, sharing your platform, like, like just being able to... Um, be playing to a a, a a fan base that is so strong you know what i mean like every city you have die heart green fans <laughs> outside lining up every single night no matter if it's on a tuesday i remember when a lot of those fans are your fans though that's the cool I, thing is like they're here to they're like they're like yeah, go, they're going yeah off, but bro. still a lot of them is still the green fans yeah, you know yeah. and 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 as i said like thank you man you could have do this with anybody you could have do this with yourself you don't need no opener really you know what i mean and and as i said like we as the jamaicans them as be for the jamaicans and even just the band members and the musicians to have an opportunity like this in the middle of a pandemic mm. you know what i mean where we're able to tour at this standard like the green is no joke let me tell you like no joke it's the the highest you can get in our music when it come yeah. on to professionalism and sound and the venues that we're playing in, we're playing in some of the best venues across the U United States. You know yes, what I mean? Sir. So, right on, bro. so you, I just want to share my gratitude to, to you and the crew, how, how much we, we feel good to be a part of this, bro. You know, it means a lot to us. Yeah. Man, it, it, war it warms my heart to hear you say yeah. that. And I really, I really appreciate it. I mean, I feel like I've thanked you so much on this <laughs> podcast, but it's no, the feeling is, is mutual and it's, it's cool to finally sit down and talk with you. Cause you know, we've been on this tour and stuff, but you know, yeah. it's it's good to finally like vibe a little bit. Definitely. And, and the tour is only, you know, we're not done yet. Yeah. So I'm glad we did this now instead of Def at the very end. Definitely. But um, thank you, brother. And once again, we're still on tour, you yes. guys. So come and check us out. Yeah, man. And check out Kez Namni, all his all his tunes, um, wherever you listen to your music, it's all out there. Thirty two bars is the new one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. And make sure you check out the Green's new album. Yeah, brand Dangerous new eyes album. is out. Brand new eyes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. So, yeah. Featured with Keznamdi. We have um Egyptian. Yep. Egyptians on there. We got J Bug. J Bug on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. It's a, it's a fun one. Yeah, man. It's a fun one too. Thank you, my brother. Respect, bro. Hey, respect. Aloha. Yeah. Mahalo, you guys. Thanks for listening.